Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. We hope and pray the following message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. I want to speak to you today from this thought, aspiring to be saved. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. As you are seated, I will share this same verse of scripture in the Amplified Bible. Philippians 2.12, so then my dear ones, just as you have obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation, that is cultivate it, bring it to full effect actively pursue spiritual maturity, maternity, I should say, maturity, I should say. I'll find a word I should say. (laughs) With all inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. The Apostle Paul was informing the church that he was not always going to be with them and that the time of his departure from their coast was nigh. He would not be with them day in and day out. Therefore, it was vital for each of them to secure a personal saving encounter with the Lord. Listen again. Continue to work out your salvation. That is, cultivate it. Bring it to full effect. Actively pursuing spiritual maturity. With all inspired fear and trembling, using serious cautions and critical evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. I would say to you on this Sunday morning that that same mandate rests upon each of us. We too must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It is a call or a directive for you and I to work out our salvation, especially in these perilous times that we're living in. Workout means to display, express, apply effort to keep doing, keep being, keep moving forward. And Peter said this in 2 Peter 1 and 10, wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. What a word that Simon Peter gives to us. Give diligence 
Work out your own salvation. Give diligence to make your calling, your election sure. We are aspiring to be saved. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. I would say to you on this Sunday morning that this is our day to believe and obey and fully trust in the Word of Almighty God. This is a day to appropriate the plan of salvation which the Lord has provided for each and every one of us, and He provided it for us when He went to Golgotha's Hill. It was Paul writing to the Hebrew church in chapter 2 and verse 3. He asked the all-important question, how shall we escape? If we don't work out our salvation, if we don't make our calling and election sure, if we are not aspiring to be saved, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard them. May I tell you right now, and I think you will agree with me with all that is going on in our world, we are living in the last of the last days. I want to say that again. We are living in the last of the last days. Men's hearts are failing them around this globe looking at the things that are going on and no one seems to have an answer. Therefore, we must work diligently on our salvation to its ultimate conclusion, namely that we would be like Him. It starts in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said unto them, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall, you absolutely shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Then Peter said, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Aspire to be saved. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. That word untoward means this willful generation. This generation that goes on forward without God. They have not worked out their salvation. They have not followed the precepts of the Holy Word of God. And I would say in this house of worship this morning, we know where salvation begins. Salvation begins with obedience, faith in the Word of God, repentance, water baptism in His name, the infilling of His Spirit. We know where salvation begins. But my question today is this. Where does salvation end? I will bring to you a passage of Scripture that will answer that question from 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse number 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ 
whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now that you see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of our faith, even the salvation of your souls. So where does all of this end? If we don't follow Elder Edwards through the grave, it's going to end with the rapture of the church, the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ, receiving the end of our faith, even the salvation of our souls. Now you and I know this morning where salvation begins. It begins in Acts 2 for 38. We also know where it ends. It's going to end with the rapture of the church. But the question is, what do we do with the interval between? What do we do with the interval between the beginning of our salvation and the end of our salvation? And I would declare to you that I've already given you the answer to that. The answer for the interval between is you've got to work out your salvation. You've got to make your calling and election sure. You cannot elect, you cannot neglect salvation. So why should a person be born again of the water and of the spirit? According to Titus 3 and 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus spoke of being born again, he was speaking of regeneration. You see, the first birth was physical. Adam became a living soul. Your first birth happened on your birthday. You became a living soul at conception and you came forth at your birth date to demonstrate that conception in a physical matter. You became a living soul. The second birth is not physical. It is spiritual. It is a soul that is regenerated. According to his mercy, he saved us. How did he save us? By washing of by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. A person will not be lost because they don't know. They will be lost because they won't believe. You have to believe. He that believeth and is baptized, you've got to believe. I believe personally that when he washed my sins away, I was born again of the water. When he filled me with his spirit, I was born again of the spirit. I believe that when you're born again, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ replaces your grief with gladness. When you're born again, he takes your misery and gives you comfort. When you're born again, he replaces darkness with light. When you're born again, he takes your despair and gives you hope. In other words, when you're born again of the water and of the spirit, he makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus and you become a new creature in the image of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. And his name is Jesus and you take on his DNA and you have his authority and his power. You are his child. You are redeemed by the blood, sanctified by the spirit, Holy Ghost filled and on your way to heaven. And the times that we are living in right now demand 
demand that we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Pastor, why are you preaching this today? Because my heart is heavy with what's going on in Ukraine. My heart is heavy with what's going on in the world. And if we're not careful, we'll put our proverbial head in the sand like the ostrich and act like it does not have an effect upon you. What's happening in Ukraine can happen all, it can happen in all of Europe. It can spread around the world. I will tell you that the bear has come out of hibernation. I will tell you that China is not finished yet, that we're getting set up for a World War III, and you better keep your eye on the eastern horizon because Jesus Christ is coming back. I know sometimes we feel protected because we're in America. This is a worldwide problem, ladies and gentlemen, and you better make your calling and your election sure. You better make sure that you're on the right side. You better make sure you're ready to go to heaven. You need to repent of your sins. Get baptized in his name. Fill with his spirit. Jesus is coming back to earth again. No wonder Jeremiah got on his tiptoes and he screams to this hour from Jeremiah 8 and 20. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. As we reflect upon what is happening in Ukraine this morning, it is obvious that the bear, Russia, as I just said, has come out of hibernation. In these last days, and the all-important question one must answer is this, am I saved? Are you saved this morning? It's a question we all must answer, especially when it is obvious that the rapture of the church is on the horizon. No wonder Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times will come. And then we go to Matthew 24. If there was ever a time you need to open your Bible, even this afternoon, and read the entire 24th chapter of Matthew, it is today. Listen to it carefully starting at verse 3. And as Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when is all of this going to happen? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. The number one thing that's going to happen in our world is deception. And if you don't think the devil's working overtime to deceive this generation, to deceive families, to deceive us and cause us to look beyond the word and question it, this is an hour when the adversary is deceiving everyone that he can. The first thing Jesus said to take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. And all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. I wonder today, I'm not asking you to stand, but I'm wondering today if you would stand in solidarity with your brothers and sisters in Ukraine this morning. Will you stand with them? You say, Pastor, why are you bringing this up? My dear friend, Bishop David Trammell, who is watching online this morning from Florida, serves on our church, Pastoral Presbytery Committee here at New Life Christian Center. Two weeks ago, felt that he should go to Ukraine. And two weeks ago, he was there. He preached there. He preached and he prayed. He went out to the brand new building that does not have a roof on it yet, but he went out there in the cold and the snow and he prayed over that auditorium that will seat 600. He sent me pictures yesterday of his trip two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, he was in the capital city he sent me pictures and some videos that I want to share with you. And the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because they had to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. 60 miles away two weeks ago when David Trammell was there preaching, Russia was at their border. Two weeks ago, your brothers and sisters were able to come together and hear an American preach the Word of God. Two weeks ago, you're going to see their orchestra play and their musicians play and their singers sing. Two weeks ago, I'm going to show you pictures of the prayer that happened in that new church that's being built. They had no idea how it would be two weeks later, but today the ones you're going to watch on this video, two weeks ago they were together in the congregation like we are, and now they are scattered everywhere. I'm just saying, to, I'm simply saying, if they could come together knowing the impending doom that they were facing with the bear from Russia. If they could still come together and worship God in spirit and in truth and aspire for their salvation, what's our excuse on this Sunday morning but to give God praise and magnify his name and glorify God and bless his holy name. We have no excuse for not praising God this morning. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on, somebody praise him for your brothers in Ukraine. Praise him for your sisters in Ukraine. Hallelujah. Yesterday, Brother Trammell sent me these photos. I'll walk you through them today. We've got three photos and three videos. This is the pastor outside of the new building they're getting ready to build. Next picture. This is a family, just a family. We don't know their names, but two weeks ago they walked into their church as a family coming 
to praise God, not knowing whether it would be the last time they would set foot in a free church because of a communist nation that has come against them. And today they are not worshiping together like they were two weeks ago. The next picture, this is Brother David Trammell and the men. That is our new building that's under construction in Ukraine right now. Next picture. Listen. Amen. I just got to believe that if God gave him a vision to build that church, God can turn this thing around and use this for his glory in the end time. I believe in an apostolic revival in Ukraine in the name of Jesus. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. The next one, please. This is their worship service two weeks ago. be together but they're still worshiping him they knew that 60 miles away was Russia but they came together saying I can't stop praising him I'm going to magnify it here they worked out their salvation they worked it out with fear and trembling hallelujah I wish somebody would praise him on behalf of your brothers and your sisters in Ukraine come on somebody praise him right now let's praise him right now I just can't stop praising him I can't stop praising him. 
I can't stop praising him. I'm not going to stop praising him. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's magnify our God. There's nobody like Jesus. You got to work out your salvation. You got to be saved. I can't be saved for you. You can't be saved for me. On behalf of our brothers and our sisters in Ukraine, I declare Isaiah 12 and 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall they say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doing among the people and make sure his name is exalted. Would somebody exalt the name of Jesus on this Sunday morning? Would you exalt the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands under the Lord? Would somebody stand in solidarity with Ukraine and clap your hands under the Lord and praise God for the victory? Hallelujah. You may be seated and the musicians are coming and the singers are coming. Psalm 18 and 46. Let's go to Psalm 18 and 46. The Lord liveth. The Lord liveth. Bombs, missiles, machine guns have filled the city where our brothers and sisters worshiped two weeks ago with Brother Trammell. But the Lord, he liveth. Blessed be my rock and let the God of my salvation be exalted. You see, when you are close to salvation, nothing can stop you from crying out to the God of your salvation. The psalmist said this, verse 29 is horrific. Verse 29 is sad. Verse 29 is a challenge for me to even read because there are people who find themselves in verse 29. Thou hidest thy face. They are troubled. Thou taketh their breath away. They die and they return to their dust. But for you, on this Sunday morning, you who are making your calling and election sure, you who are searching after God today. Verse 30 belongs to you. Thou sendest forth your spirit. And when your spirit comes forth, we are created. 
and we are renewed like the face of the earth. Oh yeah, I know there's some. There are some that are not going to work out their salvation. There are some that are not going to follow after God. I understand what happens to them. But those who want the Holy Spirit, those of you who are hungry for God, you want the wind, the power, the fire, the oil, the water, a dove, a voice, the rain, the dew, a seal. All of these things represent His Spirit. When you are born again, I say in closing today, you are free to worship Him. Our lesson today in our Finding New Life class at 9 o'clock was on praise and worship. And I told the class, I said, there are some at New Life Christian Center that when they worship God, you wouldn't know it because they worship Him silently. And that's fine. I know, I know your love for God. I know that some of you would never run the aisle. I would pass out if you ran the aisle. It would take me all afternoon to recover. And that's fine. There are some when they worship God, tears flow down their face. That's great. Some lift their hands. Some leap for joy. Some run the aisles. And I told the new ones in our new life class this morning, I said, now if you run the aisles, keep your eyes open. We don't want any accidents. Some cry out with a voice of victory. But it's worship. It's the way you worship. It's the way we worship. We worship when we sing. We worship when we dance. We worship when we shout. Hallelujah. When you're born again, you're like that last video we just saw. Your brothers and sisters two weeks ago, they sang it. I just can't stop praising God. 60 miles away is Russia, but I can't stop praising God. Your city will be invaded. I just can't stop praising God. And this is my last point. And this is for all of us to listen to very carefully. The Lord will measure. He will measure this last day church by our worship to him. Revelation chapter 11 and verse number one. And again, how you worship is how you worship. I like to dance. I like to cry. I like to clap my hands. I used to like to run. I love to worship him. I love to worship him. I love to call on his name. I love to say hallelujah. I love to say, I worship you, Jesus. I love to say, I enter into your gates with thanksgiving. 
I love to not only say it, but do it. And I love to enter into his courts with praise. That's how he's going to measure us in the last day. He's not going to measure you because you hit every note perfectly on the piano. He's not going to measure you because you've got it all together. He's not going to measure you because you've got perfection. No, none of us are perfect. But he is going to measure us in the last day according to Revelation chapter 11 and verse number 1. There are three ways in which God will measure the church in the last day. There was given to me a reed like a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure three things in my last day church. Rise and measure the temple of God. Can I tell you that this building is not the temple of God. You are the temple of God. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? The first thing he's going to measure is are you saved? He's going to measure your temple. And then he said, measure the altar. You cannot put a price tag on what happened in these altars this morning. People coming to worship God. Sister Judy, Brown, I saw you worshiping God. We prayed for you this week. Brother Mark sent out another prayer request. We prayed for you. And you was in the altar worshiping, magnifying God. You can't put a price tag on the altar. And in just a few moments, the Edwards family is going to come over here and we're going to pray for them. And you can't put a price tag on what the Holy Ghost is going to do in the altar for the Edwards family. You can't put a price tag on when someone comes to this altar and repents of their sins. Let me tell you how important the altar is. When one sinner comes to the altar and repents, your Bible says that the angels of the Lord rejoice over one sinner. He's going to measure you. He's going to measure you. He's going to measure the temple. He's going to measure our altars. And the altar is not just a geographical location in a particular building, but the altar is you driving to work tomorrow in your car and talking to God. That can be your altar. Your altar may be at home this afternoon or this evening when you kneel before God and he touches you. But the third thing is what I want you to recognize today. There was given unto me a reed likened unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise, measure the temple of God. Measure the altar. And measure them that worship therein. I say to you with my brothers and sisters from Ukraine, two weeks ago when they sang, I just can't stop praising the God that I serve. I can't stop praising him. I would say to you, and if you agree with this, I want to hear an amen. I would say to you that three, two Sundays ago, they were the temple of God. They worshiped in their altar and they magnified him in their song. 
Can I get an amen? Measure us today, God. Would you bow your heads right now? Lord Jesus, I come before you in your name. Oh, in your name. Measure us, God. Every one of us, we must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. I pray, God, that our altars will produce, people will be touched, changed, moved, regenerated. I pray, God, that there will be those who will pray in the Holy Ghost today, that someone will repent, that someone will be baptized in your name, that someone will be filled with your spirit. I pray in our altars, Lord, as our ministers come right now, I pray in our altars, Lord, that as we lay hands on people who come forward, the Holy Ghost will heal someone's body. Lord, we come against, would you pray with me right now? Lord, we come against cancer right now. We come against sugar diabetes. We come against heart problems. We come against everything, God, that the enemy would bring against us. Let these, in the name of Jesus, let the altars produce today. Everything that you promised in your word, we claim it in this altar today. Let there be restoration and blessing and strength and holiness and righteousness and truth. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we, we pray right now for Ukraine. Would you stand with me? Let's pray right now over Ukraine. Would you pray for your brothers and sisters right now? Over that nation, God, we pray a covering. Hallelujah. Touch those pastors, Lord, that refuse to leave. They've stayed with their flock. Touch them, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Let them continue to praise you wherever they're bunkered down today. Let them feel the presence of God in the midst of evil that's come against them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.